Tired of long waits and rushed care at the ER and urgent care clinic? Next time, stay home and let Dispatch Health bring the power of the hospital to you. I call Dispatch Health. A care team of medical professionals actually come to your house. They're the same caliber of people that you would see if you were at a hospital or an urgent care. Dispatch Health can treat most non-life-threatening emergencies. They can do the x-rays, they can do stitches. Urinary tract infections, blood tests, urinalysis, ultrasound. It's almost everything that they can do at the ER. You never feel rushed. They're there for you and only you. I felt like their only patient. And it costs no more than a trip to urgent care because Dispatch Health is covered by most insurance, including Medicare. See if we serve your home at DispatchHealth.com. Dispatch Health really went above and beyond. It's wonderful to have care come to your home. House calls are back and they're better than ever. Learn more at DispatchHealth.com. As if we needed more evidence, ladies and gentlemen, that Mitch McConnell was a swamp-dwelling, self-serving scumbag, we have these two interesting stories that just came out today. The first one is exclusive Peter Navarro. Everything McConnell did was designed to screw Donald Trump. Surprise, surprise. This is by Robert Krejcik of Breitbart, by the way. Dateline, September 20th. Peter Navarro, former White House Director of Trade and Manufacture Policy and author of Taking Back Trump's America, uh, why we lost the White House and how we'll win it back, told Breitbart News on Tuesday that Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Republican Kentucky, subverted former President Trump's drain-the-swamp pursuit by delaying appointments for top officials at federal government agencies and departments. This is no surprise, ladies and gentlemen. McConnell's part of the swamp. 
There is a system in the swamp. There is a system. The way this thing works, it is attached to globalists. But the reason that it works is because it enriches those people who are in positions to advance the agenda. Mitch McConnell is in a position to advance the agenda. This goes into this following story that we're going to get into as well. The only thing I'll give to his credit is he helped President Trump get a lot of conservative judges appointed. That's actually a big deal. And and uh, 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 Navarro downplays this a little bit, but that is a big deal. That is why. Uh, that is why we're having so much luck. I'm not going to say luck. I'm going to say success in dismantling the... Uh, agenda of the swamp. So in this way, I would give McConnell credit that he did assist in in uh, dismantling the swamp because the main way that the left was able to advance their agenda in the United States was not legislatively because most people do not support the globalist liberal agenda. They just don't. And so what they would have to do was they would have to advance their agenda via activist judges. And oddly enough, the one favor that Barack Obama did for us and the uh, American movement, the, the liberty movement, the MAGA movement, was that he was not very good about filling judicial slots. He left a whole bunch of judicial slots open, and those were judicial slots that uh, Trump was very, very willing to fill, and to his credit, he did. That is definitely playing the game with the end in mind. So I'm going to give Mitch a little credit here on this one. Okay. Anyway, Navarro goes on. Okay, good for him. But everything else he did was designed to screw Donald Trump, Navarro said on Sirius XM's Breitbart News Daily with host Alex Marlowe. He continued, The worst thing he did, in my judgment, was to slow walk all of the Trump appointees to the major departments and agencies. So if you don't have those folks in those top agencies, you cannot drain the swamp. And then, fast forward, Mitch McConnell made one of the stupidest gambles in conjunction with Fox's Carl Rove in Georgia, and they screwed up those Senate races. They didn't, that, that was not a mistake. They did that on purpose, and this, again, gets into the next story that we're going to get into. Um, but that is indeed uh, the worst thing that he did, because, ladies and gentlemen, the main... The main body of the swamp is not in Congress. It is in the federal bureaucracy. The federal bureaucracy came into being because Congress delegated their authority to the executive branch unconstitutionally delegated their authority to the executive branch and created these regulatory agencies that are also unconstitutional. They should not exist. The vast majority of them, the federal government has no authority 
in these areas. I cite the Department of Energy, the Department of Education. These agencies should not exist. And we can go into law enforcement agencies as well. But that's a totally different issue. I'm not going to get into that right now. However, all of these regulatory agencies, these bureaucrats, are where the swamp really lives. They are unelected, therefore unaccountable. They cannot be fired, at least up to this point cannot be fired. That is going to change uh, if and when Trump gets into the White House again. And this little strategy that McConnell used to subvert, uh, subvert Trump is not uh, going to avail him uh, next time around for more than one reason, potentially. But I digress. Anyway, Congress created this behemoth, this bureaucratic behemoth, and this bureaucratic behemoth is largely responsible for the subjugation of the people of the United States and the subversion of the people of the United States, who are the rightful rulers of the United States. We, the people, are the rulers of the United States, not Senate, not the House, not the President of the United States, not even the Supreme Court, and definitely not an unelected bureaucracy. Let's continue. Navarro said McConnell expected Democrats to win a majority in the U.S. House of Representatives and the presidency in 2020 while retaining his majority leader status in the U.S. Senate. McConnell was banking on him being the leader of the Senate and Dems holding the House and winning the White House and him being kingmaker, Navarro stated, but he screwed it up so badly with Karl Rove. We lost the Senate as well. Navarro emphasized his educational pedigree in economics when describing rising government-driven inflation and costs. Okay, I'm not going to get into that right now. Let's address that last statement. McConnell was banking on him being the leader of the Senate and the Dems holding the House. Well, uh, that makes sense, but here's, here's, what's, here's the reality of this situation. And Navarro may know something that I don't, but I am just speaking from my observations and logical conclusions based thereon. The way that the swamp works politically, okay, not talking about the bureaucracy, I'm talking about politically, the way that the swamp works is the, the general overall uh, uh, political bent is to move the country left, as efficiently as possible, stripping the people of the United States of their rulership of the country and moving it to the federal bureaucracy. That's the, that's the ultimate, and, and the ultimate goal of that, by the way, is to eventually be able to hand over the United States via treaty to a global government governed by unelected bureaucrats. That is the ultimate goal. So our bureaucracy would fall under the world bureaucracy, which at this point it looks like it's the World Economic Forum, and they would dictate to our bureaucracy and our bureaucracy would dictate to us. 
they're re they're trying to to introduce a soviet style government except globally that's that's the ultimate plan now in order to do this when the democrats are in power the democrats push as hard left as they can and gain as much possible ground as they can when the people get sick of that they obviously elect republicans thinking that the republicans will push back and do their job and actually represent the people and regain power for the people of the united states undoing the wicked things that the democrats have done but that's not how it works you see the republican party for the past half century have been operating as a political relief valve so what they do is they get in to power and they just move left but more slowly and they do it under the auspices of bipartisanship and reaching across the aisle and compromise note however that the democrats never ever ever compromise the only people who end up getting compromised are the people of the united states this is the establishment gop this is mitch mcconnell this is the bush family this is carl rove they have no interest they don't care who's in the majority because it doesn't matter you see they're all part of the same group they're all part of the same party mcconnell gets his payoff regardless and believe me ladies and gentlemen they're getting paid off illegally they are getting paid off mccarthy gets his pay no matter what they aren't getting their paycheck from the coffers of the united states treasury as was designed no they're getting insider trading information they're getting kickbacks they're getting deals all of that kind of stuff they are making serious banks so it doesn't matter who's in the majority they're getting paid and we the people are getting screwed so when navarro says here that mcconnell was screwing trump we elected trump so by extension mcconnell is screwing us including you fucking morons in kentucky who keep electing this sob let's take a look at the next one and this will bring things a little more into focus mcconnell aligned super pac pulls resources out of arizona again this is from breitbart this is written by jacob bliss dateline 20th september 2022 the senate leadership fund slf the mitch mcconnell aligned super pac is reportedly canceling the 9.6 million it reserved for television ads in arizona's u.s senate race now we're gonna fast forward down here just a little bit and take a look at something 
real quick. On Sunday, the Trafalgar Group released a poll showing Masters just 1.2 percentage points behind Kelly, the Democrat. Of the 1,080 likely voter respondents, 45.4% say they support Masters compared to the 46.6% who say they support Kelly. There were another 5.3% who were undecided and only 2.7% planned to vote for Mac Victor, a libertarian. Understandably and correctly so. Nothing against the Libertarian Party or the Libertarian philosophy, at least on the surface, but third-party stuff does not work in the United States, at least currently. However, the Republicans are minority in the Senate only by one vote, that vote being Kamala Harris the Vice President of the United States, who serves as President of the Senate and as a tie-breaking vote for those of you who do not know your civics and have not read the Constitution of the United States. So, the Democrats are in charge by one vote and one vote only, which means they are literally in a tie. 50 Democrats, 50 Republicans. Now, the current Senate races in 2022 could potentially, and according to recent polls, may potentially give the Republicans back the leadership of the Senate by two seats. Possibly, theoretically, it could be more because now Word has it, as of a couple of days ago, there are a couple of seats that are traditionally blue or traditionally toss-ups that are considered statistical ties. And two of those are in very surprising states. Also add to that the fact that in all of these polls, Democrats are usually over-surveyed by double digits, anywhere from 15 to 20% more Democrats are surveyed. Uh, so that skews the results. However, just given these particular results, we've got a statistical tie here, easily a statistical tie. Um, and normally the, the margin of error is around two to three points. So this is a statistical tie here. And you've got the leadership of the House super close to call in the 2022 elections. Why? Why would Mitch McConnell pull financial resources from a Senate race that could potentially give him leadership of the Senate that is so close to call. Well, let's see. Axios report that McConnell's group is, quote, confident, end quote, 
Other conservative groups would cover much of the difference in spending to help out Blake Masters, the Republican nominee in the state. The group has already spent $9.6 million on television ads in the state, while outside groups had reportedly already spent up to $7.5 million. Despite the... Now, so what they're saying is, oh, well, we're confident that other groups will come in and cover what we are not giving them. That's not how you win a war, folks. That's not how you win a war. You don't, in, in, in a pitched battle that could go either way, we're looking at this from, from a combat standpoint, a strategy standpoint. In war, if you have got, if you want to take an area, and in order to take that area, you have to win this particular battle, or winning this battle would help greatly, and the battle could go either way. You don't decide that you are going to take ammunition away from that battlefield, just assuming that somebody else is going to come along and fill the gap. Okay, What you do do is if those other groups come along and help out with ammunition in that area, fan-freaking-tastic. But you keep your resources concentrated there. Now, like I said, there's two other states that are interestingly could possibly flip which would be huge. However, unlikely, one of them extremely unlikely, it's theoretically possible, but it's still unlikely. You don't allocate resources to that. Those are still areas that you planned on losing. You were going to lose those areas. If they flip, great. If somebody comes and moves in there and fills in the gap there, and you flip it, great. But this battle in Arizona... This needs to flip. This has to happen. And you're in a statistical dead heat. You put your money there. That's the way this works. Now there's Arizona has always been a sick, weird state, okay? It is McCain's home state, and McCain was the king of the rhinos. He was the king of the treasonous, globalist rhinos in the Senate. Absolutely hands down, bar none. He was a scumbag. I have, I feel absolutely nothing bad about saying that kind of thing. Yes, he was a prisoner of war. Congratulations. What did he do lately? He handed the Democrats victory after victory after victory after victory after victory consistently. He even said that his, the, the people of Arizona were not his constituents. He said the media were his constituents. He was a scumbag. And he died a scumbag. I have no problem saying that. Doesn't, doesn't hurt my feelings a bit. I, I Yeah, I'm not going to go any further. But, but Arizona is just that kind of weird state now. The McCain's held sway because of him over Arizona, and then he died. And then all of a sudden, the McCain's don't hold sway anymore over Arizona. The political machine that kept him in power still exists. However, the, the, the center of that power is in Maricopa County, 
despite the fact that they have an awesome sheriff, uh, their Republican Party is corrupt to the bone. And they were the ones that intentionally cheated and intentionally handed over the uh, election, uh, the presidential election, to uh, Biden. So they're scumbags, and they're trying to keep control. And so what Mitch McConnell is doing here, he is removing those resources. And the people that he's trusting to fill the gap, folks, is the political machine in Maricopa County. He's trusting McCain's old machine to fix the election again so that the Republicans do not win the Senate or so that they don't win the Senate by too much because here's the really scary thing for McConnell. This is the thing that he is most scared of. He is most scared that some of these surprise states will flip and give the Republicans even more than a two-seat majority. What if they get more than that? What if they get enough MAGA people in the Senate, just enough MAGA people in the Senate, to unseat him? That is what he is scared of. He's perfectly fine being in the minority as long as he is the leader, as long as he is the king of his own little fiefdom. But if enough MAGA people get into the Senate, they will unseat him. Trump has said that he has made it a priority to unseat Mitch McConnell as leader. And Mitch McConnell doesn't like that. That's why he's pulling the money. Now, that tells me two things. First, I already told you. Mitch McConnell is worried about getting unseated. But the second thing is that if he is worried about being unseated by just two or three more MAGA people in the Senate, that means that his hold on leadership in the Senate is not as strong as we are being led to believe. If he's scared about one, two, three more MAGA senators, that means that he doesn't have quite the hold, the stranglehold over leadership in the Senate. And that maybe, maybe, a bunch of other senators have been talking about getting rid of old Mitch as well. Now, that is a movement that I can get behind, folks. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with me, uh, I'm, uh, let's see, I'm uh, Doc Bryant Show at ZohoMail.com, Z-O-H-O-Mail.com. You can reach me on Gab, Getter, Minds, Truth Social. Um, I'm leaving one out, I'm sure. Uh, oh, yeah, Gab, Getter, Minds, Truth Social, at Doc Bryant. Um, and I'm on Twitter, at Doc Bryant Actual. Send me your 
uh, hate mail, you know, send me your comments, whatever. I'd love to hear from you because if there's anything I love, it's a good conversation. Again, thanks for listening. Uh, if you can, hit the like button, uh, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Thanks a lot, folks. I'll talk to you later. I'm not going to say that. The rats are in trouble. The swamp rats are in trouble, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for watching again. I'm sorry I was not around yesterday. I was feeling quite a bit under the weather. Your prayers are appreciated. Uh, Anyway, FBI whistleblowers, as I predicted, FBI whistleblowers are starting to come out of the woodwork now that they realize that, A, they are going to be heard, which is one of the first things that whistleblowers are concerned about, and B, the second thing they are concerned about, is that something will actually be done about it. That may... I don't know, that may be the first thing. I mean, if I was a whistleblower, that would be my first concern. Is if I if I do this, and I, and I guess it's... It's related to to whether or not I would be heard. But I think it's more important that something be done about it. Instead of, especially considering the situation right now, and especially considering the very, very long and storied history of the Republican Party in Congress over the past half century or more, uh, their gutlessness, their cowardice, and their complicity with the left, uh, I would be reticent if I was a whistleblower in government to go to them. But apparently they're coming out. There's, there's, I've heard numbers 20 to 24 FBI whistleblowers that have come out, and uh, they're telling a story that is something that, quite frankly, is not surprising, something that we conspiracy theorists have suspected for quite some time and have been reporting on and speculating on for quite some time. And and here they are coming out, and they're talking to the Republicans about it. Not just any Republicans, but apparently they're talking to Republicans that they trust, that they know will, if given the opportunity, or they hope, if given the opportunity, will 
actually do something about the problem. And ladies and gentlemen, this is an enormous problem. This problem is bigger than we previously suspected, or at least than most people suspected. This is something that most normies who do not keep in uh, who do not keep track of politics, who do not keep track of those in government who are the reason that those in government are actually capable of getting away with abuses like this. <clears throat> these people who need to wake up, these are things of which they are not aware. But they need to be made aware, which is, of course, why there are people like me sounding the warning. Now, whether or not they listen, it's on them. This is actually a biblical principle, the principle of the watchman. Um... And not to be confused with the uh, 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 LDS church. Um, it says in the Bible that if you are privy to a warning and you do not give the warning, then the blood of those who suffer from what happens is on you. But if you do faithfully give the warning and people don't listen, then their blood is on them. And so that's why I do what I do. I might not have a lot of followers, I might not have a lot of listeners, but I am putting the warning out there. I am telling you what I see, and that is what is going on. And here we have, yet again, another uh, conspiracy theory that has come true. Now remember, folks, at this point in time when the left and I'm talking about the so-called mainstream media that nobody's watching anymore, but when, when the Democrats come out, when the Rhino Republicans come out, when the media comes out and accuses somebody of engaging in conspiracy theory, at this point in time, you can, you can just go ahead and assume that that conspiracy theory is either in part or in toto fact, that it is happening. Because right now the term conspiracy theory is being used as a, fa a logical fallacy along the lines of ad hominem, which is attacking the person and not the actual argument. So they are saying that the person who is saying these things is engaging in, in uh, <coughs> conspiracy theory. Excuse me, folks. Still not quite over it. Engaging in conspiracy theory and that's they're, they're not answering the actual argument. And they do that on purpose so that they don't have to because they know that if they have to address the argument that they are going to, in fact, lose. So from now on, when you hear somebody on the left, a Democrat, the mainstream media, a rhino, the rhino media, a la Fox News, sorry, e.g. Fox News, say that somebody is engaging in conspiracy theory, just assume that that conspiracy theory that is being engaged in is, in fact, fact. Here we go. Representative Jordan, FBI whistleblowers say they felt pressure to create juice the numbers of domestic extremist groups. The reason that they are being asked to do that, the reason that they are being asked to ignore 
actual crime, to ignore actual threats to our republic, is because investigating the actual threats to our republic, investigating actual federal crimes, would lead them straight to the doorsteps of Democrats and rhinos. That is why. They would be investigating Democrats. They would be investigating the Bidens. They would be investigating the Clintons. They would be investigating perhaps even the Bushes, Karl Rove, these rhinos, these Democrats. And so they have to be, because the rhinos and Democrats, and mostly at this point the Democrats are in power, they are directing the investigators not to investigate them. That's what's going on. We will see this more in the second story that I'm going to bring up. But we're going to look at this one now. They have to make their opponent... They have to steer the legitimate investigations against them away from themselves, and they are trying to frame their political opponents as the actual threats and use law enforcement illegally to persecute and prosecute their political opponents. That is what they are doing. John Solomon and Amanda Head host just the news not noise delivering the pressure or pressing news of the day and giving you information well uh, I'm sorry that's oh okay oh this is an audio snippet this is an audio snippet so I guess we can skip this we're going to move on to the next story which is related Child and sex abuse cases no longer priority for FBI. Instead, they're going after January 6th, which is a total red herring, ladies and gentlemen. Total red herring, January 6th. Note that the FBI to date has not brought a single charge of insurrection against anybody who has been illegally jailed illegally held for insurrection. Not a single insurrection charge has been held. Instead, those people who have been illegally held uh, without bail, illegally held without talking to family or attorneys, illegally treated, these are political prisoners, not a single charge has been brought against them for that. They have been pressured to try to admit to other charges a la the witch trials in Salem. That is all this is. This is a witch hunt. Child sex abuse cases no longer a priority. Why do you think specifically child sex abuse cases are not a priority, folks? I mean, there's a whole lot of different crimes that the FBI investigates, tons of them. But they are taking FBI agents off of investigating child sex abuse cases, human trafficking cases. You know why, folks? 
because that is a where the money is. I think more than drugs, slavery is where the money is. This is what this is. This is slavery. And this is where the money is for these people, more than drugs. And the Democrats and the rhinos are engaged in it. They are up to their necks in it. This is why they will not release the names of Ghislaine Maxwell's clients. This is why they will not investigate those people who went to Pedophile Island. And this is why those people who were facilitating the sexual abuse of minors at the hands of wealthy and important people are dropping like flies. They are being suicided by these powerful, wealthy people. That's why these FBI agents are being taken off these human trafficking cases to keep them away from investigating Democrats and rhinos, people who are rich and powerful, and turning these very same agents against the political opponents, ostensibly the righteous politicians, who would bring this country back into the light. And this country has gone way, way, way far from the light under the rule of these rhinos and these Democrats. We have gone way far, further than we would like to think. This country's wickedness is unforgivable. And ladies and gentlemen, I am not here to totally excoriate these Democrats and these rhinos because you cannot blame a snake for being a snake. Snake's going to do what a snake's going to do. But you can decide whether or not you are going to allow that snake into your home. And the way that we, the people of the United States, are called to do that is by paying attention to what our elected officials are doing in our name. I have stated many, many, many times on this show many times that we, the people of the United States, are the rightful rulers of the United States, not the politicians in D.C. The politicians in D.C. could not have gotten to the point where they could attempt to seize power from us if we had not allowed it to happen. This stuff ultimately lies on our heads. We abdicated 
this goes hell. This goes back. You could take this back to the to the Garden of Eden, folks. This is just the same song. This is the same game, different name. Adam and Eve were given a paradise. And they were also given a choice as to whether or not they would keep it. They were given one rule, folks. One rule. And they couldn't obey that rule. We were given the United States a brilliantly devised and designed republic and Benjamin Franklin himself when asked what kind of government the people of the United States had been given and I know people have heard this and said this multiple times he said a republic madam if you can keep it And because we had easy times after World War II, we abdicated. We delegated an enormous amount of our power to Congress. Congress got fat and wealthy from being in power for too long because we kept sending the same people over and over and over again. Well, if they want to do the job, let them do it. I just want to be left alone. If they want to serve up there, let them serve up there in that swamp. And so they did. And in doing so, they enriched themselves. They empowered themselves to do more and more. And then they realized that the real way to stay in power was to make sure that you couldn't get unelected. So they delegated an enormous amount of their power by creating a federal bureaucracy to create legislation. An unelected bureaucracy to create regulation, which is legislation without accountability. A bureaucracy that cannot be fired. They created an oligarchy that would continue to enrich them even if they were unelected. And for which they could actually go to work if they were unelected. We allowed this to happen. That is why we are in the shape that we are in right now. And ladies and gentlemen, in order to fix this, in order to truly fix this, a lot of things have to happen. But one thing that absolutely 100% has to happen is we have to... validate the faith that these FBI whistleblowers have 
that we are actually going to do something, that we the people are actually going to do something. These FBI whistleblowers aren't just going to members of Congress. They're coming to us. They are coming to we the people and saying, hey, this is the corruption that's going on in your government. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the tip of the iceberg. I'm not kidding. This is the very tippy, tippy, tippy top of the iceberg. This goes deep. And we the people have to be willing. We have to have the courage to tear down this bureaucracy. We have to have the courage to investigate its abuses. We have to have the courage to prosecute those engaged in these abuses, regardless of how wealthy and powerful they are, or to the point more especially as to how wealthy and powerful they are, and we need to send them to prison in chains. That is what needs to happen. The question is, do we have the courage? Because like I said, folks, this goes deep. These people are engaged in slave trading. These people are having sex with children. They are selling women, children, little boys, little girls into sex slavery. While at the same time, their allies in academia are really starting to push the idea that pedophilia is not indeed a crime. But just like transsexualism, just like homosexuality, it is an alternative lifestyle. They are trying to normalize the sexual abuse of children. Now, homosexuality, that's between two adults, that's between them, that's their business. Do I think it's healthy? No. Would I engage in it myself? No. But if you're somebody who does that with other consenting adults, the only people you're hurting are yourselves. That's your business, as far as I'm concerned. Transsexualism. Would I engage in it? No. Do I consider it a mental health disorder? More of a developmental disorder, but yes. I feel bad for them. But that's an adult. When you try to force this garbage on children, when you try to groom children, when you try to recruit children into that lifestyle, then you are wrong. Then you are seriously 
engaging in what I consider to be not only sinful, but criminal activity. And then you need to be punished. You need to be removed from society so that you can no longer harm it. And yes, trying to recruit children into sexual deviancy is harming them. When they become adults, if they choose to engage in it, that's their business. It is not their business. It is not their choice if they are influenced into it, if they are abused into it. That is criminal. The people engaged in this sexual slavery are criminals of the very lowest worst stripe. They are evil, pure evil. This is the exact opposite of a victimless crime. All this is is victimization. That is its point. That is why these Democrats, these rhinos, are directing the FBI away from sexual crimes so that they can continue their slave trade, so that they continue the sexual abuse of children, while at the same time killing two birds with one stone, creating a red herring of domestic extremism. Note, that is not a crime. There is no crime called domestic extremism. They create a crime and then investigate the crime that they created. And the focus of that investigation and the focus of that fake crime just happens to be their political opponents who would, ostensibly, if given control, investigate them. That is what is going on. And ladies and gentlemen, just the slave trade that I'm talking about is the tip of the iceberg. The tip of the iceberg of the evil that is going on in our name that we have allowed to take hold and to flourish in the name of diversity. Tolerance, inclusion, ladies and gentlemen, evil deserves no tolerance. 
Evil is not diversity. And evil most certainly does not deserve inclusion into our society. This stuff is evil. And we as a society need to give up this moral relativism that has led us to this point. We need to start calling evil, evil. And we need to start recognizing good as good. The Bible says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who call bitter sweet and sweet bitter. We're at that point. Woe to us indeed if we allow it to continue. We need to start looking for what is good. We need to start focusing on what is good. We need to start doing what is good. We need to start looking for what is evil. We need to start condemning what is evil. And we need to start punishing what is evil. Whether we do that or not will decide the outcome of our nation. As things, goes on, as things go on, I strongly suspect that the United States will eventually follow the same fate as what happened to ancient Israel. It's going to split into a wicked nation and a not-so-wicked nation. And the wicked nation will very soon be enveloped by other wicked nations, and the not-so-wicked nation will slowly but surely dwindle. And it is at that point, because the reason the not-so-wicked nation will dwindle excuse me, is because the Christian church will dwindle and become weak until it is nothing but an ember. And it is at that point, I believe, the rapture will occur. And then, literally, all hell will break loose. I have been asked on more than one occasion by more than one person to redo my series of sermons on the book of Revelation, and I've been wondering whether or not I was going to do it, because that's not really completely what this channel is about, but I think I'm going to do it, if for no other reason than just for those people who have asked me to do it. Because it is relevant, I think, at this time. I think we are close to that period of time. I think we are, in, we are currently in that dispensation in history. I think we are in the end times dispensation. I don't think we are as close to it as I previously did think. 
But I could be wrong. I frequently am, ask my wife. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Pray for me. I will pray for you, whoever you are. Even if you're one of these folks, not kidding. Even if you're one of these folks involved in the slave trade, I will pray for you. Because even if you are in, it doesn't matter where you are doesn't matter what you do or what you've done or what you're doing right now. You are never so far gone that you cannot turn around and give yourself to God. So I'm going to pray for you guys. I ask you to pray for me. Even if you don't believe in God, go ahead and give it a try. Because he can hear you, even if you don't believe him. I also ask that you would subscribe, hit the like button. If you want to get in touch with me, I'm sure there's a comment section down there that you can do that. Uh, if you're listening to my podcast, you can reach me at docbryantshow at zohomail.com. That's Z-O-H-O mail.com. You can also reach me on social media, Gab, Minds, Getter, Truth Social, at Doc Bryant. And I'm on Twitter, at Doc Bryant Actual. We need to be praying, folks. We need to be praying that God comes back into our nation. We need to be praying for righteous leadership. Otherwise, this country is done for sooner rather than later. I'd prefer it to be later. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you later.